At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VSIN's primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino, tip of the strip. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could join us tonight. Uh, NL West preview as we continue our division-by-division previews in Major League Baseball. We'll also talk some NFL draft with Mark Schofield from USA Today. Joe Sheehan will join us to talk baseball as well. whole bunch of face-offs right now, Matt, in a NBA showdown in just a bit. One NBA tip coming to you right now. That's the Sixers and the Pistons. The Sixers are nine-and-a-half-point road favorites over the Pistons. You're seeing a total here of about 225, 225 and a half if you want to play that one. But half an hour from now, two more tips. We got the Bucks and the Nets. The Nets are anywhere from a point and a half to two and a half. So again, shop around on this one. Home favorites in that one. A total of 243 and a half in this game. Cavs and the Hawks also at 7:30 Eastern. The Hawks are six to seven point. Home favorites over the Cavs, anywhere from 230 to 225 and a half, 229.5 to 230.5 on the total there. Got the Clippers and the Bulls at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. The Bulls are two to three point home favorites over the Clippers, 221 to 221.5 is your total. And then the final tip of the night, got the Lakers and the Jazz, both LeBron and AD continue to sit tonight. For this one, the Jazz find themselves as 13 and a half to 14 point home favorites over the Lakers, 227 and a half to 228. It's so many total. points. Like I, I, I like I'm, I'm not betting this. I don't have a bet on it. it I, I know what you're gonna say. You look and you go 14 it, points. We have. I'm sorry, but it's we have over adjusted. Like the Lakers hate it is has gotten baked into the spread that nobody believes in them. I think this this spread is too much. But no, I, I can't. I can't bring myself to pull pull the trigger on the Lakers. But I think it's too many points. What's the money line price you'd have to pay to play it? Plus six fifty. No, no. What would you What would you need to play it? Money line. Yes. Oh, if I gave man. you, if we talked about this, I, I don't think I, I would. You, I don't think there's. There's I mean, not a number. Ten to one. No, it'd be more than that. For me to play it, I'd have to get a a piece of fifteen to one. I'll go fifteen. Wow. Okay. Not a lot of firepower going to be taking the court. So yeah. Smalik Monk and Russell Westbrook again. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, I mean it's it's going to be those two guys just hucking up a whole bunch of shots. Hucking them up. We got a bunch of faceoffs happening right now. The Jets and the Maple Leafs. This is Leafs minus 240 as home favorites, plus 205 on the Jets as road underdogs. Got the Blackhawks and the Panthers as well. Panthers are as high as minus 400 home favorites. You can find as high as plus 310 on the Chicago Blackhawks. Unknown whether they are allowed to play with a goalie in this game or not. The New York, De- the New Jersey Devils, and the Bruins. The Bruins are minus two thirty home favorites in this one, plus one eighty five 
on the Devils as road underdogs. Jackets, uh, Blue Jackets and the Islanders. Islanders minus 200 home favorites, plus 170 on the Blue Jackets as road underdogs. Then it, then we have the Canadians and the Hurricanes. Hurricanes minus 425 home favorites over the Canadians, plus 320 on the Canadians as road underdogs. So we have two different mm-hmm. minus $4 home favorites. So we just parlaying them up. Are guys? we doing it? Parlay. Are we just parlaying them up? Um, eight <laughs> Eastern, five Pacific. We that, got the Penguins in the Wild. It's a hard no for me. This is the Wild minus one thirty-five home favorites. The Penguins are plus one ten as road underdogs. Nine Eastern, six Pacific. We got the Kings and the Flames. The Flames, man, we got a bunch of gigantic home favorites. The Flames minus three thirty home favorites, plus two fifty-five. On the Kings as road underdogs. Then we got the Sharks and the Avalanche at 9 Eastern as well. Avalanche are minus 380 home favorites, plus 295 on the Sharks as road underdogs. Then we got the Stars and the Ducks. The Stars are minus 170 road favorites, plus 145 on the Ducks as home underdogs. I am wondering if I'm just going to put in a, a gigantic content. <laughs> big home, big home, big home favorite hockey parlay. Oh, oh, on the favorite, and see what happens. Yes. Oh, I thought just you were all. Oh, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. I thought you were going to make yeah, it interesting. Right. I, I thought he was talking about the dogs. It's Me too. If, it's fun if they all win. Yeah. Think about that. You said a content creator. Right. Content. right yeah. The content is going to be you celebrating a Panthers win oh, at like six fifteen. We're going to be like, great. I'm sure the people are like, woohoo. Yeah. Way to go. yeah. <laughs> you cashed a minus three fifty yeah. favorite. Cool. Woo. Awesome. No. <laughs> I cashed six minus 350 favorites. <laughs> big difference. There's a big difference. Uh, All right. Better ball. I got two bets tonight. Oh, what do you got? I got a couple player props. So one uh, one in the marquee game tonight. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on this a bit in prop watch as well. But uh, Giannis, I played over his points. Uh, this is more just a, a scoring title on the line, seed jockeying on the line, the two of the top teams in the East going up against each other. We expect this to be a tight game. Um, I'm, I'm going with Giannis. I think he's going to be taking a lot of Shots. Nets don't exactly have the the guys to guard him well. Not that many te- teams do. So going uh, going with that over thirty one and a half with Giannis, and then Paul George. I'm going under twenty four and a half. This seems like an aggressive number, Matt. After game one, and where we were told he's going to be on a minutes restriction for yeah. a while, they kind of threw that minutes restriction out the window. Game one because it was a tight game that the Clippers were able to come back and win. And don't get me wrong, he looked amazing in that game. But twenty four and a half still feels aggressive for a guy that is coming off an injury. I mean, his point prop is usually, you know, back when he was scoring, it's usually 26-and-a-half, 27-and-a-half anyways. So uh, this feel, this number feels a little high to me. So I'm going under, under on uh, Paul George against the Chicago Bulls tonight, which we, know, we do know have a pretty good uh, perimeter defense in Chicago. All right. M- NBA, man. Every night now, some drama. Brooklyn trying to stay out of the 9-10 position. Lakers lose, which obviously has 14-point dogs, 13.5-point dogs. They uh, are expected to do so. They will fall back out of the play-in picture in the National Basketball Association. No LeBron tonight, as, as we mentioned. But LeBron is expected to go tomorrow night. Six games remain after tonight for the Lakers. Remember, he needs three more. Uh, he needs to play three more to be eligible for the scoring title the old-fashioned way. And as Kelly said, though, the uh, Giannis... 
Giannis's of the world and the Embiid's of the world knocking at the door, not to mention KD. KD's just got to average 49 points the rest of the way. That's all you got to do, man. <laughs> and then he would exceed the 31.1 while absorbing zeros at the end of his math-adjusted qualifying 55 games. I almost went over on him tonight, too. Just just thinking about that. I'm like, if anybody knows about this. It's him. It's him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll act like he doesn't, but he knows. Right. Uh, some NFL news and notes, because every day there's something. And we didn't really get to expand on the uh, the Bruce Arians thing last night, so we will hear. But the Rams give Bobby Wagner. How about that? Bobby Wagner landing on his feet. A five-year, $50 million contract that can be worth up to $65 million. Uh, that apparently after weeks of talking, he lands back in the division as he wanted. And this is kind of what the Rams do, huh? Yeah, I mean, this is this is just so huge for them. I mean, getting a guy that's going to come in and listening to a lot of the NFL guys today, not only talking about the Bruce Arians thing, but talking about this as well. They were saying, listen, yeah, this is a guy that maybe, maybe his very, very best days are behind him on the field. But he is still a very highly productive player. The big splash plays might not be quite as much, but the guy's still a tackle maker. He's still a playmaker. He's still a field general. He's still a great, apparently one of the best locker room guys there is. Ever in the history of man. Like apparently one of the best locker room guys that there possibly is. And so now you you remove a Von Miller. Is he Von Miller? He's not. But – you do remove a Von Miller and you you get a Bobby Wagner. That's a pretty good as, – as close as you're going to be able to get to to slotting someone in who maybe on the on-field side of things doesn't bring quite as much as Miller does but brings more on the locker room side of things and the mentoring of younger players, other players, and things like that as well. So I am uh, – I think that this is just is, is crazy, crazy good for the Rams. You look at this – look at these contracts and guys like we were, we were joking. You know, I mean, this is – this is $10 million a year for Bobby Wagner. Yeah. And it was $10 million a year for yeah. some of these receivers that we were like, they've got how many career catches? Like, oh. how many career yards are you getting $10 million a year for, for Bobby Wagner, who's essentially going to be a player coach almost from what everyone is talking about with all this. So I think it, fantastic value for the Rams, fantastic pickup for the Rams, and fills that hole that, you know, a guy like Von Miller leaving town uh, has, uh, has left him. So really, really good for them. And, again, just another reason why, as stacked as the AFC is, you start to look at the handful of NFC teams and you just start saying, is there just incredible value on these NFC teams? It, it feels more two-headed monstery every day. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Talking about the Bucks the, and the Rams, obviously. The other one with Bobby Wagner today was like, <laughs> I'm looking at that deal, I'm like, five years? Yeah. I was like, that feels long for Bobby Wagner, who's got to be in his mid-30s. I go to look, I'm like, he's only 31 years old. Yeah. It just feels like Bobby Wagner's been in the NFL for about 10 years now. 49ers picking up uh, fullback Kyle Juszczyk's option for the 2023 through 2025 seasons per source. Uh, Juszczyk's always been awesome with that team. They pick him up for another three seasons. And then the Bucks, after Bruce Arians steps down last night and Todd Bowles takes over the position of head coach, the Bucks announced that Larry Foote and Casey Rogers will serve as their co-defensive coordinators as Todd Bowles ascends from the D.C. position. Uh, what's, your, what's your final takeaway from it? Are the Bucks? is your impression that the Bucks are in a better place now without Arians as the head man and with Todd Bowles in the, in the number one position? Not necessarily, but I think that this is one of the coolest, and I, t- I texted this, this very statement to you, I think it's one of the coolest stories of the NFL that, like, low-key in a long time. I mean, to have a guy be self-aware enough to say, I would re- I- I'm going to retire anyway next year, mm-hmm. and to say, 
I want to ensure that it's one of my guys that takes over here. I want to ensure that also I'm not leaving him with a cupboard bear because he doesn't know what Brady's situation is going to be. He doesn't know what some of these free agent situations are going to be. I want to give him the best opportunity to succeed right out of the gate. And I I just, I was like listening to the story today and listening to these people talk and listening to Todd Bowles talk about it and all that and how much respect he has for Arians. Just just unbelievable. Todd Bowles did not have a good time with it the first go-around as the Jets head coach, but been a great coordinator. Can imagine big things happening for him now with Tom Brady at quarterback as a head man. Coming back, Beeson's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven-baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. May I just say, we're not talking about breakfast here, but Wendy's, we had the Wendy's... uh, Standard fare, not the breakfast fare, yesterday brought into the studio. Thank you, Isaiah and crew. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, Derek, whoever brought it in. That chicken sandwich. Oh, it's good stuff. I had I had one as well. I sat here. Spectacular. Spe- spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> I sat here in our post-show meeting uh, just uh, wolfing down one while listening to the guys uh, talk about the show. Yeah. I was like, it was good. It's, uh, it's a few hours old at this point, but it was still good. It was excellent. I can Very assure good. you they smelled good. Yeah. As they were in It was a entire... tough show to do. Yeah. It was a tough show to do yesterday. Yeah, it was a tough show. Yeah. We managed. We got there. We got to the promised land. By the way, I, I uh, you know, I'm sitting here uh, la- snickering at your money line parlay. I do have one in tennis that's going on currently. Uh, Naomi Osaka also have Igas Fiatek tonight and uh, Carlos Alcaraz. Pays about one to one, a little more than one to one. So I'm all about that. Uh, Osaka's already home. She is in the finals in Miami. Alcaraz trying to win to get into the semis to take on Uberto Katz, who beat Daniil Medvedev today. So that was a bit of an upset. So um, quite an upset, actually, uh, according to the betting market. And so uh, Iga trying to get to the finals tonight against Jesse Pagula. Jesse Pagula, the richest woman in tennis. Why? Because her dad is the owner of the Buffalo Bills. She's an heiress. She's a billion heiress. Uh, But Iga... Get her to the promised land. Let's cash those futures on Ega once again at the Miami Open. That is tonight. But ladies and gentlemen, first, Prop Watch with the biggest NBA game of the night. And, of course, I'm referring to the Bucks of the Nets, which tips off in about 13 minutes. Giannis at 31.5 points, 13.5 boards, and 5.5 assists. KD, 30.5, 7.5, and 5.5. There's Kyrie. 26 and a half, four and a half, and five and a half. A lot of big numbers up there at the top. Kelly, let me give you the floor since you have one in the game. Yeah, I do have Giannis over. Uh, this is, I mean, this is, I think we've entered the time of the season where it's kind of a lot of the things that we would never do during most of the regular season. You can kind of throw some of those rules out the window. And when you, I think when you have the perfect, the perfect storm of, uh, talking about a guy who's battling for a scoring title, battling for his team to try to lock up, uh, I mean, not even not even a, possibly a one or two seed in the East, but just really to secure home court advantage in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think all the, it's so it's, it's Nope. I think we lost you, Kelly. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we are. Oh, mid I hit a button. I hit a button. Is it that you get so excited that the body hits it? What, what's going on? I don't on? know. I got this little. I got this little uh, box back here with an on and off button, basically, oh. and it just the power goes out of it sometimes. Okay. It's sick of hearing me. Clearly, my microphone's like, "Shut up, Kelly. You're done." <laughs> uh, but I'm saying all, all these teams in the East are still jockeying for positions, just trying to secure home court. I, I think you, with all that combined, we're going to get a great game to watch tonight. I think with all the both these teams going all out, and I think Giannis. I mean, knows he's going to have to put up points to stay in this game. There's not really a good, great defensive solution on the other side for locking down Giannis for Brooklyn. So I think he's going to have a big game. I didn't want to mess around with points, rebounds, and assists, anything like that. You're going to have Drummond down low for the Nets tonight. Uh, his rebound, no, I think Giannis's rebound number is like 12 and a half in this game. I didn't really want to mess around with that. Just stuck to the points. So did play that. That's one of my bets tonight. And by the same kind of reasoning, if anybody said told me they wanted to go over on Kevin Durant. I can't really push back on that one either. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally I totally get that. I mean, it is the other the one that kind of kind of got to me, Kelly, was the Drummond PRA where you've got the 22 and a half, right? Whereas we understand kind of what type of player Drummond is. And so while I would never bet him solely on rebounds or points, because in any given night he could have like 17 points and seven boards or eight boards or something. Mm -hmm. And then in any other given night, he can have nine points and 19 boards or something like that. So uh, the 22 and a half is at least fairly interesting to me. I mean, he all he'll, he'll have, one assist or something, maybe maybe two or something like that. I think he averages 1.4 a game. But you you kind of look here, and it goes back to – it kind of goes back to what you were saying before as well about Giannis where he's got all this stuff that he's got to play for. Well, we know for sure what Brooklyn has yep. to play for here. We know for sure that they need to keep all their guys on the floor as much as humanly possible and, and Drummond trying to do anything he can down low to try and slow – Giannis at all so I think you know and again if there are nights where Chris Middleton is off and could create a ton of rebounds a ton of rebounding opportunities and stuff like that I mean there, there are nights where Middleton just has abysmal shooting nights and or so, you know if your favorite if Giannis uh, uh, decides to start hucking up three shoot your favorite shot yeah. when he yeah, steps out beyond the line and is hucking up threes yeah that could absolutely go. yeah so I, I kind of like that one and actually by the time this thing tips I might I might see if I can find if we have that number here in town, I think I'll play the over on the twenty-two. Yeah, I, I do like that. I like that one. Uh, you know, I think the presence of of Brook Lopez back from Milwaukee helps them down low defensively. But still, Drummond is such a just massive guy. I think that to, uh, he could easily get to that number at least twenty-two and a half. Because you're right, sometimes he doesn't even need even need to score that much. Just the rebounds that fall to him. I think the only other one. Uh, that I would maybe consider is some maybe some Drew Holiday if you wanted to go points and assists or something like that would lean that way. He's gonna you would think Kyrie's probably gonna be picking him up. Tough for Kyrie to really match up as, as well on defense as what it, without everything he does offensively, vice versa. You know Drew Holiday is going to be locked in on him on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I think if anything, it would be kind of looking overs on Drew Holiday, maybe unders on on Kyrie. Even though he had, it's just tough tough to go on under on Kyrie right now when he's played so well since he's really gotten into the the groove of playing full time again. The one thing you did mention about Lopez getting more minutes now than than Portis is, I actually I, I do think that kind of benefits Drummond a little bit. I mean, you know, Lopez not a, a defensive, a super defensive stalwart or anything like that, and so that might actually give him a a, a path to let's call it 
14 points in this game or something like that. And if he gets 14 points, then I think we're feeling really good about an over 22 and a half PRA. Cause like I said, he'll get one assist, maybe two. Eight. And then now we're only asking for like eight boards from him at that point. And so if that's the case, then I think you feel pretty good with that as well. So um, again, they're, you know, they're one game ahead of Atlanta for the 10th spot right now. So it's, it is all hands on deck. It is all the minutes you can yep. play. For, for this team, there's no doubt about it. And it really is, like, you know, it's worth bringing up what you just said, which is they have, unlike the Lakers, Brooklyn has no threat of falling out of the play-in. They will be in a play-in. But the difference between playing in a 7-8 versus a 9-10 is perhaps the difference between playing one game or two games. Mm-hmm. And it's just one more opportunity to you, for you just to have one random bad night. Yeah. And you're done at that point. If, you, if you're in the 9-10, you got one shot at that. And then you'd have to win, and then you'd have to play a second game, but you could lose immediately and be done with your season. Could you imagine? They don't want to be in that. They want to. They want to have the opportunity for a mulligan, mm-hmm. and uh, in a seven-eight game, even if something does go bad, because the chances of them losing two in a row uh, far more distant. But um, right now, Cleveland in seventh, Brooklyn in eighth, as you mentioned, half game in front of the Hornets in ninth, full game in front of the Hawks in tenth. So Brooklyn with a lot to play for. And then in terms of the seeding at the top, Milwaukee tied with Miami in the loss column, but a game behind them for the number one seed. I, I don't know if as, as fans and as betters, if we make too much of the seeding, I do think we stumbled on the point last night, which is while we've been thinking about for most of the last month, who might jockey for position the last week in terms of avoiding the Nets, which is kind of a a fool's errand because you don't know where the Nets are going to end up, right? Seven or eight. People just kind of assume they'll be at seven, so you want to avoid two, but who knows? Really, that that thing we were talking about last night with the Raptors and the vaccine mandate in Canada, the Raptors right now are at six. They could be five here when all is said and done, but you would think they'll probably end up six and five. The Celtics, strate- you know, again, coincidentally maybe resting those players when they were up in Toronto the other night, I know Williams was hurt, but no Tatum, no Brown, no Horford. We don't know what the Celtics' status is. So that could be the interesting thing down the stretch. Would the Celtics jockey away from wherever the Raptors end up? Yeah, they played in November. But that was before the mandate. Yeah, but like you pointed out last night, that the mandate came down in January, which I don't even know if I fully knew that. Yeah. No, I remember when it came down. It was like, oh no, January. Now you can't do it, which is which seems odd, right? With the timing of everything, you would think you would have thought that would have been in place already, but that came down then. So I don't know. It'll it'll just be interesting the shenanigans that might take place here down the stretch of the season, and we just don't know. We know about everybody else. We right. know that the Heat vaccinated. We know the Bucks are vaccinated. We know about the Sixers because Embiid has been vocal and Harden played home games in Brooklyn. We know the Sixers, at least when it comes to Harden and Embiid. Yes. Yeah. We don't know the rest yeah. of them. Yeah. But at least the big two. With the Celtics, we don't, we really don't know. I, I love the move actually by the Celtics though, because it's one of those like, if you are or if you aren't, and you know they don't know, then sure, sit them out on the back end of a back, uh, back end of a back of back, and let those guys stew on that and think about it. Every team think about that for the next month. Mm-hmm. Boy, Dan Bespers had him twenty-five to one to win the Atlantic. Wouldn't that would be a gut-wrenching loss for them? Right now, a game behind the Sixers. Coming back, our NL West preview. I get it. The Giants aren't going to win one hundred seven. There, I preempted it. Coming back, Beeson's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on Beeson, the sports betting network. 
Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at VEASAN.com is available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to VEASAN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19. 23.76 Canadian dollar neutral. <laughs> at VEASAN.com. Slash spring. What a nice stretch of sports, man. No kidding. Masters next week, beginning of baseball. NBA coming down the stretch for the playoff run. Of course, the final four. It's awesome. Draft at the end of the month, as they, as we just said. Nice Adam, little stretch. Adam Burke's been in a, just a prison cell downstairs working on this for the past two two, uh, two weeks. I was told, no, you can't leave Adam. You can't have any water food till you finish this thing. Man. I coaxed him out this morning. You did? Yeah. You coaxed him out? Okay. Oh, yeah. he's just been co- complete cocoon writing these things. Uh, he's, Adam's great with that he's stuff. Phenomenal. <laughs> his, his baseball previews are phenomenal. We will try to do him justice right now with our NL West thoughts. Beginning, of course, with the Doyers. What do you think about the Doyers? I think that they're really good. Can I get? And l- I think l- they're l- going to continue to be really good. <laughs> they're, they're going to. They're going to win the division. All right, segment over. Everybody, take thirty minutes. That's off. it. I mean, well done. Yeah. Uh, but do you? Th- what do you think about their starting pitching? I mean, it, well, what I mean, we don't know what you're going to get from Kershaw, right? Right. So we have we don't know if Bauer's going to play. So we have that. It looks as if Bauer's going to play. Mm-hmm. It seems as if Bauer is going to play. So I'm I'm going with the assumption that Bauer is going to play this year. So that kind of factored into what I think of this team. I, I, obviously, not going to be there at the very start of the season, but there seems to be an there seems to be a a lot of evidence pointing to, I mean, the fact that he went ahead and sued for defamation and all this stuff and everything like that. Like, if he just kind of wanted something to go away mm-hmm. because you're, maybe you are guilty, but they can't have proved yeah. it or something, you yeah. know, like you just kind of let it go away. But I think he's very adamant that he is innocent and so went ahead and, you know, sued for defam- defamation and all that stuff like that. So if you kind of look at the rotation, um, you know, yeah, it's 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 Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. I mean, look, Andrew Heaney, was a guy that was a super, super, super big prospect. He comes up with the Angels. He has a few good seasons with the Angels. And as, as a lot of these pitchers, we, it's like the story of so many of these pitchers, starts dealing with injuries and then just kind of falls off, right? And so if he's healthy, if he can kind of come back and be and kind of be, you know, at least serviceable for them until Bauer can get in the rotation. They'll be perfectly fine. Tony Gonsolin most likely going to fill that um, most likely going to fill that fifth starter role. He is a guy that again is was was cruising as a rookie. Then he ends up dealing with injury stuff. Is he completely healthy? You do know you at least have three frontline starters in in, in Bueller, Kershaw, and, and Urias. But at that point, you know it does the four and five are at least a little bit interesting, right? I mean, four and five are because you know Dustin May didn't have didn't have Tommy John until May of mm-hmm. last year, right? And so again, it's one of those things where it's it's they're not going to rush him back. He's still super super young, so they're not going to to rush him back from Tommy John. So um look, this is a team that didn't sit back and do nothing despite the fact that they're that they're really good. They go get Freddie Freeman, 6 years, 162 million. They bring back Kershaw for 17 million dollars. They bring back <clears throat> Chris Taylor, 4 years at 60 million dollars. We talked about adding Andrew Heaney into that rotation as well. So they didn't just sit back and do absolutely nothing. I think what they're also what they also did 
is there are a couple of guys that they signed where if Gonsolin or um, if Heaney can't get it done, they signed Danny Duffy, they signed Jimmy Nelson. These are dudes that have a ton of starts in Major League Baseball sure as well, do. where it's kind of one of those deals where, mm, okay, if these guys can't get it done – then we can at least slot these guys in, right, and and see if they can't get us some some quality starts here and there. But you know, as far as the losses, not really that. I mean, it, for me, it's like you look at this and you're like, okay, they, Corey Seager and Max Scherzer disappear, right? Or like, are Scherzer you, was a rental though, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. what kind of team can absorb losses to those kinds of names? And you just look at <laughs> you look at their first of all, just talking about their hitting now. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, right? Three MVP candidates, and that's not to mention the Muncies, the Turners, the other Turner, right, Justin? Yeah. And the Will Smiths of the world. And it's just so ridiculous. By the way, Kenley Jansen, addition by subtraction, you think? He certainly looked like he was on the he certainly looked like he was on the downside of his career, right? The last couple of seasons. And I think that was evidenced by the fact that the Braves only gave him a one year deal. As well, it's kind of like a. Mm. All right, let's see if you're. Yeah, see what you got left here. We're not going to give you any sort of long-term deal. So yeah, I mean, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, look, their nine-hole guy is likely going to be AJ Pollock, a guy who was a perennial All-Star there for a while um, before he dealt with a bunch of injuries. So you got you got a lineup here where, I mean, this is not the the lineup we just we just put out right there. That, that like doesn't have Gavin Lux, who was a huge prospect for them. Maybe he works his way into that starting lineup as well. So I mean, there's just it's an abundance of riches. And yes, they're going yeah. to win the division. Do I think you should go ahead and just bet it? Most likely, I mean, and just kind of tuck it away. I don't think there's going to be any. I don't think there's going to be any real serious threat from any one of these other teams. Here, here, here are the. Uh, we probably should have started with this. The full outlook of the NL West, and you will see the Dodgers uh, top every category. No surprise whatsoever. You do have to. You do have to lay a number here, though, for them to win the division. I'm not sure I want to put that away for six months, but they're minus two thirty-five to win the division. You see what they are to win the pennant and to win the World Series. Uh, the win total is ninety-seven and a half. Do you, would you go over on it? They've been higher and exceeded it. Every it's it, it's funny you said because like every single every single person that I know is a pretty sharp baseball better has has been on the over on that. Yeah, has been been on the over. They've they, got them closer to 100 wins. I, I tell you, in past years they were higher than 97 and a half. They were 102 or whatever they were. I went over them and it cashed. I didn't used to do the teams on the extremes in baseball, but the the, the gap, the ever widening gap between the haves and the have nots. First time I said it this year. Um, I I think maybe let's put it this way. I don't think you can play the under. That would be ridiculous to me um, because you would just have to sort of hold your breath the rest of the way. By the way, they're yes no to make the playoffs minus eleven hundred and then seven to one against making the playoffs. Expanded playoffs, it should be noted. How about the Padres? Let's squeeze in the Padres before the break. Uh, plus three fifty to win the division, plus nine fifty to win the pennant, nineteen to one to win it all in their season wins at eight eighty eight and a half. They are a minus two twenty five favorite to make the playoffs at DraftKings. This is an interesting team because I feel like they've gotten a lot of hype in past years, but now the the Fernando Tatis Jr. wrist injury, he'll be out three months, has sort of ensured that we won't get quite the hype train here. But I love that starting pitching rotation. It's it's really good. And if you look at this lineup, I mean it it certainly has at least the it, it at least has the the firepower to if everybody can stay healthy and everyone lives up to what we're what we're thinking that they can be. You know, put a bunch of runs on the board, and especially after we heard this whole deal that 
they're going to use hum- humidors in, in all 30 ballparks this year, which means where you're sitting there in, in San Diego where it's always, you know, the ball typically doesn't fly as far because if you listen to all the guys out there, the ball feels heavier. The ball feels like it absorbs more moisture. And so it's going to be a drier ball in San Diego, which it should help out from a power perspective and help these guys um, hit it out of the ballpark a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, you look at this, The obviously the big deal here that everybody is is well well aware of is the fact of Fernando Tatis Jr. going to be starting on the uh, on the injured list with that wrist injury of his and not having him in there is obviously super massive because now it's instead of it going, you know, Grisham Machado Tatis, it's like Grisham Machado Cronenworth, you know, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's just not quite, not quite as quite sexy. Yeah, it's not quite as sexy. Yeah. Luke Voigt will hit cleanup for them. They bring him in. He's a big power bat. Uh, Eric Hosmer, probably on the downside of his career, but still a pretty good, still a pretty good hitter. He'll probably hit in the two sixties. Uh, you know, a ceiling season for him, probably like two seventy five at this point in his career. But I think he still can get it done. Will Myers is a guy that just continues again, never puts up eye popping numbers, but continues to just kind of get it done out there as well. Then you look at Austin. Nola at catcher and Yerkson Profar, they're going to slot into the lineup as well. So I mean, it's it's a it is a lineup that's good. It is the lineup that's not great, and it's certainly not great without uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. in there as well. And then you look at this rotation where it's yeah. kind of like, hey, look, gr- good you Darvish is is a super number one awesome. And again, uh, pro, uh, so far in preseason, so far in spring training, he has looked every bit of the you Darvish we thought we were going to see. He was just named opening day starter. Yes. Yep. Like he was every bit the you Darvish we thought we were going to see last year. It just, what you know, you Darvish just wasn't the same last year. Apparently figured something out. Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger, all these guys are good, not great starters. And so if you don't get that great season from Darvish, if you don't get the A season from Darvish, then you kind of have five okay starters. But you could have five really good ones, but you could. right? Clevenger lives up to what he was yeah. before the injury. Blake Snell. Remember, Darvish and Blake Snell were supposed to be the two-headed monster last year, and Musgrove ended up being their best pitcher. Yeah. And then there's uh, Stephen Paddock, who's, uh, excuse me, Chris Paddock, who's still there, who has never – no one has ever gotten more mileage over a great half season than he has, but he's still in that uh, – in the mix as well. So, I mean, that that's a bunch of really potentially good pitchers, but like with every baseball team, right? There's a spectrum, and if there's there's a, everything breaking your way, there's everything going against you, and there's a whole spectrum in between, their breaking a good way scenario is really good. Without the hype. Giants, D-backs, and Rockies next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime, live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. Neither of you have any action on the NIT championship tonight? No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hockey better tonight. Oh, that's I right. I don't know if you saw. He's a hockey better. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. Yeah, we do have a, <laughs> uh, a six-team uh, money line parlay. Your Bruins are – oh, wait, no, the Devils tied it up. I was going to say your Bruins are up one to nothing, but mm. the Devils tied it up. 1-1 one, one in the first period. It's already in jeopardy. It's all right. I'm, if, and if it's the Bruins of all teams. And the Maple Leafs are losing. It's 2-1 to one in the first period, uh, Jets. Oh, look at him. Sorry, man. Uh, 31-28, Texas. You win some, you lose some 16 parlays of <laughs> hockey teams that you don't know anything about. Can I get the you NIT some, score out, please? 16 parlays Good of teams God. that you don't know anything about. Uh, 31-28 A&M. 
A&M was a uh, five and a half, uh, excuse me, about a four and a half or five point pre-flop favorite at the close. Uh, A&M, probably the one snub of March Madness, looking good so far. Milwaukee up on Brooklyn by three, 447 left in the first quarter, and Philly clinging to a three-point lead against the Pistons, 818 left in the second. Uh, how about the San Francisco Giants, who won 107 games last year? Oh, oh, oh did they ever. And then got scred when Wilmer Flores was called for a uh, a check swing strike that wasn't even close to being one-on-one, two-pitch against Max Scherzer. I'm still not bitter. Giants season win total, though, at 85-and-a-half after posting the 107 last year. And I understand that. Because boy, did they hit fire! Did they just all catch fire at the plate last year? Yeah, I mean, the big signing for them and the big upside here is Carlos Rodon, and he is coming off of by far his best season as a starting pitcher. And all of that can it can easily be attributed to one thing, and that was somehow he had two injury riddled seasons, comes off the two injury plague seasons, and found control. Yeah. Like, like out of nowhere. And, I mean, this is a guy who always had the stuff, but it was just never, ever, ever realized because he just kept putting people on base for free. And he it's, somehow last year <laughs> reined it all in. Yeah. His fan graph page through the years riddled with a high walk rate. It was the – it was – he was like the – from a DFS perspective, if you guys have ever played Daily Fan, he was like the greatest – or worst DFS player ever because you never knew which road on you were going to get. Yeah. He'd either have like a 13 strikeout game that like made you a trillion points on him or he walked seven guys in a row and then gave up a grand slam or something. I lost many a Carlos Rodon bet, yeah. many a Carlos Rodon five inning bet early in his career because of the walks. It was, it was horrible. Just, yeah. The guy was, it, it was, it was something else. But um, it, like I said, though, he figured it out last year to a tune of taking this walk rate that was always double digits, always double digits, and bringing it down to 6.7%. I mean, that is just career change. That's it. Yeah. Career I mean, that, that's it. it right a Cy there. Young candidate. Yeah. And and so if he can duplicate that in San Francisco, which, by the way, a, a positive park shift here. And I know a lot of people are going to say, like, yeah, but he's moving over into a, into a division that has, that has the Dodgers. Well, yeah, he is moving over into a division that has the Dodgers. He's also moving over into a division that has two bottom feeders as well. So, mm-hmm. like, he's going to get, yeah, is he going to have some starts against the Dodgers where maybe things go south? Sure. He's also going to get some starts against the Diamondbacks. You know, I mean, like, this is like, people only look at it from this one little perspective, yep. and it's like, yeah, I mean, true, but also he's going to get some very easy starts as well. He was a guy that... I've advocated on taking a flyer. If you know, listen, we all think that Jacob Degrom's going to win the Cy Young. If he stays healthy, he's going to win the Cy Young. The guy was moonwalking to the Cy Young last year before he got hurt, putting up just the most ridiculous numbers we've ever seen. Probably going to repeat that. But if he doesn't, if he if he happens to get hurt, if he happens to miss some time, I think Rodon is is seriously in the picture here. If he can duplicate again, keeping the ball over the plate with the good control. I think he's a guy that, that you can really look at as having a – I've seen him as high as 18-1 to 1 yeah. for, for Cy Young. I thought about it, but I also have the DeGrom one. I'm just like, I didn't think about it that much. Right. But, uh, but look, they have Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon at the top of their rotation. It's like we say, if, the, if you get the good version of both of those, this is a solid baseball team. If you don't, um, man, I don't know. 
I don't know yeah. about that rotation. But the the real thing with the with the Giants obviously is can you expect it wasn't just Buster Posey who had this outlandishly great year and obviously he's retired, headed to the Hall of Fame. But Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, um Mike Yastrzemski, can you expect big years from all those guys again? Maybe. I would like to think so. Uh, Farhan Zaidi seems to have the magic with the Giants. I'll use that word over and over. So you can never, it's like with the Rays, like with the Cardinals. You should never fade this organization uh, just casually. But even, if, Matt, even if, they, even if they win, you know, 17 fewer games, it's still a 90-win season. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, you're going to get, you know, they're going to be starting Joey Bart at, at, at catcher, a guy that's another, another super yeah. highly, highly, highly touted prospect. So he's going to get his shot to give it a go. Jock Peterson that they bring in out. We know Jock doesn't hit for doesn't hit for average, but he does ha- he does still have power. And as we mentioned, the same thing that we were talking about in San Fr- in San Diego is going to be happening in San Francisco as well. Those heavy balls going to be in humidors, going to be a little bit more pop in those things. Should help out a guy like Jock Peterson. Some of those long flyouts end up leaving the yard, and so there's a you know there's a potential here certainly for for this team. But as you mentioned, it's just it's just that rotation. Logan Webb's a stud. There's no doubt about that. And if you get Rodon that you got last year, you you've got two up top. Great, Di Scalfani, Alex Wood, Alex yeah. Cobb, all yeah. these guys like that. It's kind of like yeah. ooh, that's where things you know. Di Scalfani's a a four four you know ERA career guy. It's a, it's Alex, a cobble show, yeah. Yeah, Alex Alex Wood is you know was good back in the day. He's kind of a, sh- a shell of himself as well. So it, it's. This is also one of those teams that needs to kind of get on the right side of variance for sure. But if if on the right side of variance, like you said, I mean, they could, I yep. think they could backdoor into a, into a playoffs. No team sure. understands their ballpark better, I would say, right? As opposed to the Rockies, who have traditionally not understood their ballpark and had players' skill sets that really ascribed well to the prairie that is Coors Field, the only ballpark in baseball with wider dimensions than Oracle Park in San Francisco. Rockies are at 68.5. So, again, with bets... You're not asking them to do a lot, both with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. You're not asking them to do a lot in the season win markets. Uh, 68 and a half, Chris Bryant, Randall Gritch, a great fits in Colorado. Yeah, it's very, it's it's interesting, right? Because you get, you, you have this team with such an incredibly low win total. You know that they're not really probably going to try and win this season. They're probably in the middle of a rebuild, but then they do go get, some guys that make you kind of go, man, can they not win 70 games? Like, I think they can. It's like you sit there and you start going, can they not, with that lineup, can they yeah. really not win 70 games? Those guys we're talking about, they bring in Chris Bryant, they trade for Randall Grichuk, they extended Ryan McMahon. Um, so you've got these guys that are going to kind of slot into this lineup where you look, look, Charlie Blackman, again, not where he was earlier on in his career, but he's still a, you know, he's still a 280 hitter at the top of that lineup. And then it's, it's going to go Bryant McMahon. And then you got like CJ Crone, who is a guy that is a, a power guy that if you remember him from the angels is now over there for the Rockies. And if they can get anything out of Brendan Rogers, another super highly touted prospect, this kind of be like a post type sleeper type guy with him because he was supposed to be something the last couple of years and wasn't, but then you bring in Grichuk. It's, it's one of those things, Gilbert, it's kind of like 70, 70 games. I understand it's hard to pitch there. I understand that John Gray's gone, and it's going to be Armand Marquez and Kyle Freeland and, and Sensatella and, you know, Chad Cool and a whole bunch of kind of 
middle-of-the-range pitchers and stuff. But, boy, you're not even asking for a 500 record, man. You're asking for 70 wins. I wouldn't hate it if you went over on that. I really wouldn't. I, I And, again, I have I have Chris Bryant, Jason and I have Chris Bryant, most RBI in Major League Baseball this year, have Grichik most homers, have Grichik at 250-1. to one. So, I mean, they, they could be explosive offensively, as they always are. Um, their rotation is actually a little more exciting than that of the Diamondbacks, yeah. who have who have they really didn't do anything with this roster. They lost 110 games last year. Mad Bum is their number one. Yeah, I mean this, and the, I love Mad Bum. The thing that I just couldn't, but the thing that on. I really couldn't understand was they go and like this try not. They didn't help the lineup at all, and then they gave. Mark Melanson, two years, fourteen million. They yeah. gave they they extended Cattell Marte for seventy six million dollars, and all of a sudden it's like, for what? And like, I, and I don't buy Melanson to begin with. To be to be honest with yeah. you, like he always seems teetering to me. But yes, I understand what you're saying because you do have a limited budget, and that's why you didn't make a lot of moves. But then why'd you make those? Yeah, it's like those yeah. those were the ones where I get. I mean, I guess there's this deal where you have to spend some money, you know, like, or the rest of the teams are going to get pissed off at you. So like <laughs> right. you have to spend some money there. Like, yeah. You want to take all our free money and then you don't even spend it. So I guess there's a little bit of that that's going on. But yeah, I mean, we are talking a lineup once you outside of Cattell Marte, I mean, Dalton Varsho, David Peralta, Christian Walker, Josh Rojas, Carson Kelly, Seth Beer, oh Pavin God. Smith. Oh my God! But sixty-six and a half. Geraldo though. Perdomo, like. But, but sixty-six and a half. Woo. That's not asking a lot. It isn't. But holy mackerel, yeah. that is a horrible lineup with a bad rotation. I would well. go Rockies over before I would go yeah. D-backs over. Me as well. We'll come back. We'll update all the scores. We'll talk some NFL draft with Mark Schofield as well. From USA Today, it's Veasan's primetime action. <laughs> 